now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. was almost two guys and no mic here as I was trying to get uh, readjusted right before the show. I am allowed three readjustments per show, so I used the one already. I only got two left for the rest of the show. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic Friday edition of our uh, soon-to-be award-winning show. We don't know what award it is. We may have to make up our own award show, but uh, somehow, some way, we're going to win an award. Uh, and one of the awards will be the fine music. That you're about to hear from the TalkZone.com! Alrighty, thank you very much, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, other side of the glass, big dog and a coach, actually right now, just the coach, hoping to be joined by the big dog in a uh, couple of minutes, talking sports and more, plenty to talk about, a lot of baseball action going on as we Enter the meat and potatoes part of the baseball season. Kind of starting to get down and dirty a little bit. The uh, middle of the season kind of positioning for the stretch runs a little bit early for that talk. But, uh, yeah, middle of the season. Kind of the meat and potatoes. You're a baseball fan. This is the kind of time of year you enjoy. If you're not a baseball fan, it's kind of a boring sports time. We still got the NBA Finals to talk about. Dallas Mavericks knock off the Miami Heat. Sets up some good Drama for the plane ride back to Miami. The Heat down three to two. Can they? Can they pull off two wins in a row in front of the Miami Heat fans? Who uh, I believe Charles Barkley is calling the worst fans in the NBA. NHL hockey. It's not over yet either. It might be close to the middle of June, but uh, no. NHL hockey still going on. As you got Vancouver taking on Boston. All kinds of storylines in that particular matchup. We'll talk about that as well. Game five tonight at Vancouver. Got a little horse racing, the final leg of the Triple Crown to talk about. We'll jump off the sports page as well. NCAA baseball tournament going on, all kinds of stuff. And we only have 56 minutes and 48 seconds to talk about it. Uh, phone lines are open as per always. You want to join the conversation right now. It's myself, the coach, flying solo. So you want to play the part of the co-pilot? You can do so. 888-463-6748. Again, 888 48, the phone number, and uh, start off a little NBA basketball action. There was a Game 5 last night, Dallas Mavericks. And this is, I'm almost, well, I was going to say almost embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. It's just where my sporting mind is right now. But I got home after umpiring last night, a little bit late, and the Cubs were like in the final two innings. And the NBA game, I think, was at the end of the third quarter. So I immediately, before saying hi to the kids of the web, rush over to the TV and get both games on tape. Okay, and then I uh, proceed to take out of my refrigerator once the uh, kids are upstairs and the wife has been kicked out of the TV chair, and I sit down uh, for my leftover wildfire chop salad. David Olson, have you ever have you ever experienced the wildfire restaurant or their award winning chop salad? Huge fan of both. Oh man, that's good yeah, stuff. That, yeah, that chop salad is great. Awfully yeah. good. Not, not as good as a leftover, though. You have to have it fresh. It's interesting. Oh, so you're saying it's better fresh? It's oh, it's much better fresh. Okay, because sometimes, and I'm of this theory with spaghetti. 
sometimes a day after the the uh, the sauce and the pasta coagulates even a little bit better. Day after uh, spaghetti, and I've noticed that with a chopped salad, if you cover it and keep it crunchy, the ingredients tend to um, you know, they have a little party at night where they get a little closer, and then the next day it tastes better. But that's good stuff. I go blue cheese on the side though. You put the blue cheese on. Yeah, I just go nuts have them throw everything in it. Yeah, see, see to me, blue cheese is, is not only do I not like the taste, I could even, all right, even if I liked it, but such a dominant flavor that when you taste them, maybe it's just my particular taste, but as we get off the sporting world here and talk our second favorite, maybe our favorite topic, and that's food, blue cheese dominates any salad it's in, dominates any food. They got all these great ingredients. You got this wonderful tasting dish. In this case, Wildfire's award-winning chopped salad, but the blue cheese takes all the taste away from everything else. I'm not a big fan of blue cheese. I do not like blue cheese in the world of cheese. I think blue cheese should be at the dead bottom. I find it offensive. I find it egotistical. I think it is the LeBron James of cheeses. If I could use that very weird and very odd analogy. Any blue cheese fans out there you want to uh, take heed with me, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. It's loud. It's intrusive. It's egotistical. It tends to dominate. Doesn't get along well with teammates. Doesn't play well with friends. Uh, or or if you are listening in another city in another state, me and, uh, and David Olson apparently big fans of the chop salad. Love the chop salad. Uh, if you know another restaurant that has a really, really good chop salad, Feel free to give us a call. I'd like to put some contenders in. Right now, the wildfire one. It's a little expensive, but awfully, awfully good. Feel free to give us a call. 888-463-6748. But anyhow, so I'm sitting down with my wildfire chop salad, and I got a little bag of chips next to me. I'm all set to go. And, I mean, this is game seven of the NBA. I'm sorry, game five. But it's the NBA finals. The Cubs... Or what, like 11 games out of first place, and apparently hopeless right now. Coming off an eight-game losing streak, they won a game, but they're playing Philadelphia. And what do I hit? What do I want to watch? I'm watching Cubs-Philadelphia. Now, I figured I'd just watch the last two innings, Cubs down 3-1. to one. And then I could, I know I've only got so much awake time. Basically, if I eat, I stay awake late at night. Once the food is gone, I'm pretty much done. Eating keeps me awake. Not that anybody really cares. But uh, so, yeah, weird. I'm, I'm watching Cubs Philadelphia. Now, as it turns out, the game goes 11 innings. So the wildfire chop salad is done. The bag of chips is uh, emptied as much as I would care to empty it. I uh, had a little frozen gogurt, also a very good thing. Frozen gogurt. Outstanding. You got little kids at home. You want a little, good little summer treat? Very, very good. Not the regular gogurt. You put it in the ice box. Eh, you squeeze it out of the tubes. It's mushy. It's basically yogurt and a stick. But freeze it up. Freeze it up. Very, very good. But uh, finished my frozen gogurt. And at that point, I knew I was not going to be able to stay awake. Never watched the end of the Mavericks in the um, Miami Heat. I probably shouldn't admit that as a hope to be award-winning sports talk host. But that's the case. I went Cub Baseball. On a June 9th yesterday over the NBA Finals. Uh, and again, I started out saying I was ashamed to admit that. I don't know. Maybe, you know, ashamed. I feel a little bit guilty, but that's just the way it was. That, that's where my sporting interest was. I feel like it's baseball season right now, not basketball. At any rate, we'll talk about the Cubs game, too. It was worth staying awake for, but uh, the Miami Heat did lose. Dallas Mavericks pulled it out in front of the Dallas fans. They are now up. Three to two. You watch that game. You want to talk about it. We are more than happy to do so, even though I didn't see. 
the finish in the fourth quarter, I'll, I'll be happy to uh, discuss it with you and analyze it like we always do here, even though we haven't watched it. It's, it's a tr- tremendous art to analyze something, even if you haven't watched it. 888-463-6748. Dirk Nowitzki comes up with 29 points. The Mavericks on a roll at the end of the game. What was it? 17-3 to run, but uh, with three minutes left. Three minutes left. I think the game was tied 100 to 100. So the Heat were right there. They were chasing most of the game. Down nine at the end of the, uh, or, or near the end of the third quarter. But they came back, tied it up 100 to 100. Then a Dirk Nowitzki slam dunk put him up 102 to 100. I think LeBron might have got a charging call. And credit the NBA refs. And I'm not an anti LeBron guy here. If you've listened to the show, you've heard me say many positive things while others are at times criticizing him, but uh, I appreciate the NBA referees not overly favoring the NBA superstars, not afraid to uh, make a charge call on a LeBron James late in the game. They come back the next time down Jason Kitt. Three-pointer. You could me? The, the least likely guy you'd expect. Jason Kidd, the point guard who hasn't uh, hit an outside shot since I think the early 80s, drills a huge three-pointer. Not Jason Terry, folks. Jason Kidd, a 38-year-old pass master, puts in a three-pointer. That was the big shot of the game, put him up 105 to 100, and then it was free throws and garbage time down the stretch uh, as LeBron James missed another big three-pointer. Miami Heat down to defeat the Dallas Mavericks, knock him off 3-2, to two, back to Miami. Now, this is good stuff. So here's where the drama starts to unfold. Now, now you got two games back in Miami, and the Heat down 3-2. to two. I mean, there are tons of storylines you like the psychology of sports, you're going to love this particular uh, game or games, if it's plural, the Dallas Mavericks hoping it's singular, the Miami Heat hoping it's plural. But uh, that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Sunday will be game six. Tuesday, if there is. Tuesday, hide the children. Hide the children, put them all away, get the homework done. What am I talking about? There's no homework. School's out. Woo! School was out. School's out for the summer. But uh, Tuesday. Whatever you got to do, make sure you save some time. Watch Game 7 of the NBA Finals if, in fact, there is a Game 7. Dallas Mavericks, of course, hoping not, but they will be interesting to see how the Miami Heat respond and if the Dallas Mavericks can put closure to it. Remember, I told you back early in the playoffs, back early on that the Dallas Mavericks, they had that look. They had that look. There was a certain focus, a certain uh uh, confidence, not only in their playing style, but in their body language. And boy, Rick Carlisle has a fine tune the machine. They're not playing afraid against the Miami Heat, and they are one game away from winning their first ever NBA championship. So a heck of a game. You watch that? We'll talk about that amongst the uh, topics on the docket for today. 888-463-6748, the phone number. NHL game five tonight. Nobody can wrap it up, but uh, similar to last night, somebody can take a big lead here as the Vancouver Canuck and the Boston Bruins. You talk about storylines in this matchup, too. Very interesting. First of all, Vancouver wins the uh, first two games. What, they won the, the first one in, and, you know, even though they were close, Vancouver looked like the better team. Clearly, Tim Thomas of Boston, the goalie, was phenomenal and kept the Bruins in the game. But you watched it, and, you, you know, Vancouver... I don't know if I want to say clearly the better team, somewhere between clearly and very close. They were in that mid-range, but they were better. And I'm talking the first two games. And the Canucks, I think, won uh, the the first game in overtime. Overtime, like like 11 seconds into the OT. I might be getting game one and game two mixed up. 
puck drop right off the faceoff. They score probably on a set play designed by their uh, offensive coach, the assistant coach. Actually, even Vancouver's head coach, the way he behaves, he's an offensive coach, if you know what I mean. And then game two, Vancouver scores with like 18 seconds left in the game. So two dramatic last-second victories for Vancouver. But again, it looked like, and I know they were home, that the Vancouver Canucks were the better team. But the Bruins have been fighting all playoffs long, and sure enough, back in Boston, everybody knows what has happened in the storyline uh, there, where they win 8-1 to one in Game 3, and it was pretty close until their one of their stars, Nathan Horton, got drilled on an illegal play. Aaron Rowe, I believe, the young man who did it, suspended four games. He got a five-minute major penalty. But that play seemed to have woken up the Boston Bruins. Turning point. And all of a sudden, the Bruins would score four goals in the second period, go on to win 8-1, to one, and then they come back two days ago and they win 4 nothing. So 12-1 to one over two periods for a team that, again, wasn't being dominated, but Vancouver clearly looked like the better team. So, you know, you got to be a, a mind reader. you got to be a palm reader. you got to be an ESPN guy or an ESP guy, not an ESPN guy, but an ESPA guy. you got to look into the future. What's going to happen tonight at Vancouver? I mean, there are so many avenues, so many ways that particular game could go. One of them is that Vancouver is done. It doesn't matter if it's home, away, they could be playing the game in Saskatchewan. You watch the last two games, particularly the last game, and the Vancouver Canucks, they look like they were cooked, tired, beaten, psychologically worn down, physically dispirited. The Boston Bruins alive. They had the sound of music going playing with a little, little zest, a little gusto. I mean, it was like no-low comparison. So, you know, one of the scenarios in Vancouver, Boston just rolls over and wins the next two games, and everybody is wondering what happened to Vancouver. And the story with them, too, is their goalie. Now, we talked about Tim Thomas being so great for Boston, the saga. And it seems like a never-ending saga. And hockey fans, you want to check in. We talk NBA Finals, Game 5 tonight of the Finals for the NHL. Always willing to talk a little puck drop here in the uh Two guys at a mic show, 888-463-6748. Dial it up your conduit to semi-adequate sports talk conversation. But uh, here we go again with Roberto Luongo. We thought maybe after he beat the Hawks in Game 7, he kind of got over that whole psychological thing. And he played decent the first couple games against Boston. Probably, Even though they won, Tim Thomas was even more spectacular. But he looked pretty good. But here we go again now. Eight goals, and then uh, and he was bad in that game. Game four, he let up a, a couple of real chippies. And they, they actually had to remove him from the game. And again, the Vancouver fans, apparently now it was a home game for Boston, but I had heard from a number of different sources, uh, you know, in bars. I don't know if they showed the game in the stadium. I actually think they did. But tremendous amount of booing, jeers, catcalls, calls for replacement for Roberto Luongo from his home team fans. So that whole thing has not given up yet. So it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, how Roberto Luongo responds. You almost have to feel sorry for the guy. Everybody against him. Oh, you know, and this has been going on for a couple of years. Can't win the big one. Again, you thought when he won game seven against the Hawks and played very, very well, you thought finally he got the monkey off the back. Well, guess what? The monkey just jumped back on his shoulder and the monkey's about the weight of a gorilla right now. So, uh, interesting. Let's, let's, let's see how Roberto Luongo responds, the whole of Vancouver Canuck team, and the Boston Bruins. Can they keep the momentum going? Can they keep that uh, incredibly high level of play that they showed the last five periods, really? 
last two periods of game three and then pretty much the whole game of game four. You know, and then the other scenario, you know, and again, there's a lot of steps in between. A lot of points in between. The other scenario is, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks come back with a vengeance. Luongo plays out of his mind and Vancouver, which I do think, at least I did think, was the better team and was destined for winning the Stanley Cup. The Vancouver team comes back and shows what they got and, and, and responds and comes back maybe even with another Game 7 victory. So there's a lot of scenarios, a lot of storylines, and then the whole chippiness, the whole not, – not it's not so much fights if you've been watching that series. And I'm not here to tell you I've watched every minute of it, but, you know, catching little bits and pieces. But it's not so much all-out, you know, huge fights and brawls, but it is the little chippiness, for lack of a better word, the sneaky little hair pulls, the finger bites – the elbows, the sticks, you know, as the referees lining them up for a face-off. Guys, you know, doing a little jab, the sticks in the groin, the sticks in the ribs. A lot of that going on. Now, whether that elevates into full-scale battle royale, that is a possibility. Or the teams start to realize, hey, we're down to Game 5 Stanley Cup Finals. Every penalty is going to be uh, critical here. And maybe both teams start focusing on the game. We lose some of that chippiness again. Not sure what way that's going to go. One of the many, many storylines of this NHL playoffs, which is, uh, if nothing else, if, even if it's not great hockey, it's been pretty good hockey. It's very fascinating. Very, very fascinating from a human uh, emotion standpoint. So we got those two games out there for you. Want to talk about it again? Phone lines open. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. It won't be long. Basketball will be over. Hockey will be over. We'll be talking full scale about baseball. We've got a big horse race uh, coming up this weekend as well. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, no, no, no word for the big dog yet, huh, David? Thumbs down on the big. Maybe he's out on the kayak on the river. Or it could be like Monday's show. He was late because he was looking for his cell phone, and he finally found it in the laundry. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Coach flying solo right now. Hopefully we'll get a hold of the big dog. You can check in, play the partner, or play the co-host role for at least a brief moment in time. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. For your calls on Two Guys and a Mic, call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome back. Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Keep an eye on my uh, microphone volume. 
<coughs> as I hear my um, voice starting to wear on. I think I'm, my, my vocal cords are aging, uh, David. This is not good for radio career. You're a man of uh, who's produced for many, many famous people. I'm sorry you have to work for my program right now. Must be a bit of a bit of a downslide for you. But is there any voiceless suggestions, David, that the people have had for? Because my vocal cords are, you, you I may be, be 54, my vocal cords are like 82. You should be drinking tea with honey instead of coffee during the show. Ah. And that'll help quite a, a bit. Tea. Huh? He's right, a green tea with a little bit of honey, maybe squirt a little lemon mm. in there, Coach. I like my coffee, though. Okay, then squirt, if you really want to like it, why don't you squirt a little Jack Daniels in that tea and, <laughs> and honey? And the vocal cords won't sound so good, but I really won't care that much, will I? Uh. You, to you, you'll sound great. Uh, all right. Well, I think the problem is I try to exert too much. I need to uh, mellow out a little bit more and let, let the uh, David work the microphone thing. It's, it's, I get too excited, Big Dog, and then I wear out my vocal cords. But I am excited because we found you. I don't know where you were, but the Big Dog is with us. We have found you and all is good in love and war. Uh, it was, he's just trying to match <laughs> my energy, Coach. Pardon me? He's just trying to match my energy. You're trying to match my energy, Coach. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You don't need to do that. Yeah, well, I'm the excitable one. I feel great. Again, I, I feel like I'm 35, but my vocal cords, I think, feel like they're about 82. But uh, where, where were you? But were you hiding on us, or uh, you didn't lose your cell phone in the laundry again, did you? I, I have to admit, Coach, I, I didn't get home until really, really late last night. Uh-oh. I was out doing the, uh, the, the what we call umpire, the softball games at DePaul. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just started going downtown, and next thing I know, I see another football game where I know the guy's at. I stopped for a second, and one of the guys is like, hey, Joel, do you want to work for me? I'm like, yeah. He hands me his whistle and walks off the field. <laughs> and the, the other uh, referee was like, hey, Joel, I think you're referring this football game. So I'm like, oh, man. So I had to call my girl. So the next thing I know, I'm getting home at 1.30 in the morning. So you went from softball umpire to football referee. Yes. I like that. Yeah. I like that. A nice transition. Now, this was your first time umpire. Were you on your own solo umpire? Yes, I was on my okay. own. Okay. And uh, the first game, a guy runs over a girl at home plate, and it was totally her fault. So I didn't know what to do. Like, you're supposed to call him out, but you don't have to slide. And he tried to not run this girl over. Okay. And it was like a bad throw, and it Brought her into right. the bay for Well, me. then, then you made if if you did not call interference, you made the right call. And you're right; it's not a must slide rule; it's a no collision rule. But yeah, he, this guy was not trying to run the girl okay. over. I hope you didn't call him out. No, I did not. I Good. did not. And yeah. they got a little upset. And I'm mm-hmm. not kidding you. The next inning, the girl's batting. She hit the ground ball to the second baseman. There was or the first baseman. There was nobody covering, so the guy fielded the ball, runs the first base. They meet at the same time. The same guy runs over the girl again. Totally destroyed her. On purpose this time? No, no, no. Because he was just like trying to like get the ball to first base before she got there. Mm-hmm. So he runs her over. Bodies go everywhere. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and the bases were loaded. Three, three runs. Oh over boy! This this is your first game umpiring solo at the ball. Yes. And you got all, all hell's breaking loose. Yes. And when they had moved the game into the outfield, you know, it's just like, I know everybody's like, oh, we really want to hear about your first game. It's just it's just funny. The first game was definitely probably the most difficult that I will ever have. Mm-hmm. But you handled it okay? The guys didn't yell at you too much? Oh, no, the women were. Oh, the, the guys were fine. It was the women last night. Really? Oh, my goodness. That's... I don't know what it is, Coach. I think I like I have like a tendency to bring out a lot of emotion in women for some reason. <laughs> Whether it's my mom or uh-huh. wife 
the many that I've had, they seem to get upset really easy at me. Even on the softball field, that's hard to believe. Yeah, that, hard to I, believe. I a I nice, lovable guy like yourself, I can't believe the females would get mad at you. I, I was really surprised that the the five foot two Irish girl really could act, do a, such a good Earl Weaver imitation. So. <laughs> Kicking dirt at you, throwing things at you, and uh, using a little verbiage that was not exactly ladylike. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I, well, I'm really worried when I have to actually umpire a game when it's not my family. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But at least you're uh, making some money, Big Dog. I'm proud of you. You're out there uh, giving your all for the recreational pursuits of the city of Chicago. Very proud don't of you. Even, don't even get me started, Coach, because I'm not making that much money. No. I was supposed to be doing four games, and I know I'm doing two. So i got to go all the way to the city to make like 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. So round trip, it's, I'm making like $18 to go into the city yeah. and get yelled at by five foot two Irish Jets. Yeah, you-, <laughs> you need to do those like three games. Three yeah, games in a row. That's that's where you get paid a little bit. You know, see, the thing is, the the guy that decides to uh, which games I go to, mm-hmm. the member of the tribe, coach. Uh-oh. So uh, how much am I supposed to grease this guy to make sure I get the right games? You should know, right? How do you go grease him or greet him? Grease him. Oh. I mean, like, how much am I supposed to give this guy? Am I supposed to, like, bake him, like, some matzo ball soup? Am I supposed to give him 100? What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. No, I would just be, I wouldn't give him any money. The matzo ball soup might be a good way to go, possibly throwing a little pastrami. But I would just say a little uh, persistence. Keep bugging the guy. You know, you don't want to go overboard, but I think this particular member of the tribe would appreciate a little persistence from you. Hey, can you give me this game? You know, I'm looking for that. You know, so push a little bit without pushing too much. Push! Pull! You mean so Push! You- Huh? Oh, I mean, I, should, I shouldn't grease the guy? No, I don't think so. Really? Think, yeah, what, what do you guys start giving money to the head umpire so you can get better games and more games? I, I yeah. Next thing I know, yeah. we're going to be reading about you on, you know, you, the, the Bogoyevich's trial is over. <laughs> the guy who, you know, was found guilty of, uh, in the terrorism plot here in the city of Chicago, and next up will be Joel Radwanski. You know, you'll, you'll be replacing Ohio State as the next sports scandal. Oh, that would be phenomenal. I would love to, to replace Trussell as the – oh, you meant just the scandal, not as the next Ohio State. No, 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 no not, not as the coach, but as the next scandal. Well, I mean, they would at least I would continue I formation football there at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I know that's important to a lot of people down there in Ohio. <laughs> well, last night – it's funny you brought up Blagojevich. Last night, I uh, – after – uh, ref of the football games, I went to uh, Old Town Ale House, by mm-hmm. far one of the one of the finest establishments in all the city of Chicago. It's right there on North Avenue, just a little bit uh, west of Wells. Coach, okay, go go where there's some of the best decor of any. Uh, have you ever been to the place? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. North North Avenue is that the River North area? No, uh, that's uh, that's Old Town. Old Town. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Near where Second City uh, is and or was. Exactly where it is, and okay. so what would happen is, you know, Jim Belushi or John Belushi would go in there, get, mm-hmm. you know, just party his butt off. There's pictures of just numerous people from Saturday Night Live that were originally from Second City, you know, that that ended up working out there. I believe stall number four. If you look close enough, upper right hand corner, naked picture of Will Ferrell. But continue. Oh, that was Will Ferrell. Well. He says it's not sure. Will Ferrell said it's not sure if it was him or not. He can't. He can't confirm and or deny. Oh well, uh, he definitely should deny, Coach. 
<laughs> Is that exactly Anthony Weiner with the spinoff? Okay. Yes, continue. Uh, well, uh, the owner, they, they used to have just these cool <laughs> pictures all over the bar. Well, the owner's husband <laughs> decided to make some uh, satirical paintings. One of them is Rod Blagojevich's first Rod Blagojevich's first day in prison, Coach. Without a doubt, one of the funniest poster paintings I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh boy! I got, oh boy! I got, is this something we can describe on the radio, or is it not suited for a family sports talk radio? Kids are out of school now, big dog. It's definitely not suited for okay. family talk radio. Mm-hmm. Let's just say there's an inspection going on, and and uh, they're having a lot of fun with them. A picture speaks a thousand words, huh? Yes, yeah. just all the different things. You name a political scandal, they made a, po- uh, a painting out of it. I was really impressed, Coach. Whether, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you name it, it was up there uh, to the head. Sarah Palin, the Sarah Palin one may have been the best one, Coach. I have to Sarah I may Palin, have to... butt naked, standing on top of a polar bear rug, <laughs> holding an AK-47. <laughs> Hot. And who... I didn't know... I didn't know Palin was that sexy. Who who does these paintings? The the owner's husband. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, just people need to go into Old Town Alehouse just okay. to get laughed. All right, okay. North <laughs> Avenue, North Avenue, and Wells, old old town, old school, old town old, Alehouse. Old town, old town Alehouse. Right. You can it's just good to go there because that's where like uh, like Bill Murray and, mm-hmm. and John Belushi used to party. It's pretty cool. Very very good. Big dog with a late night of umpiring, late night of flag football, officiating a late night at late nights. But uh, glad you could join us here. By the way, I did on umpiring. I remember a young ump who had see what you would think about this ultimate quandary here and what you would do. And this is not a rule situation. This is even more difficult. Corex softball. I didn't see it, but he told me. Uh, very attractive catcher. Okay. okay. Female, very, very attractive female catcher. Somewhere between like the first or second inning, early in the game, but as she's coming out to catch like in the second inning, she comes over to my friend who was in the umpire and says, hey, ump, I'm not wearing any underwear. You now have to umpire the next five innings as a dedicated professional of the Amateur Softball Association with the catcher in front of you having told you that. How, Big Duck? If you were around, I would have asked you for a suggestion. But how do you deal with that particular situation? That would have been really easy. You'd just be like, oh, that's great. I'm not wearing any gloves. And just show her my her hand. <laughs> but you would maintain your professionalism throughout the game. I, no, I really, I have no idea if I would remain yeah. my professionalism. That's, I have to admit, I've been flabbergasted by uh-huh. the way women have just it, thrown themselves at me in certain situations. And typically, as an umpire, I do know what's going to happen. It yeah. happened as a, a, a flag football co-ed referee. Yeah. It, do, it, it makes it tough to call balls and strikes, though, doesn't it? Concentration can be a problem. I, I, Actually, maybe I should have said that. Like she should have said that. Well, hey, when you know when you get up to bat, you'll start with two balls on you. Ah, bad, very, very bad. But uh, yeah, that, that, so that's happened to you a little bit. But that that can be a little problematic from a concentration standpoint. Oh well, yesterday, uh, three out of the four girls, I it definitely would have blown my concentration if they told me they didn't have any underwear on them, especially the pregnant woman at home plate. <laughs> oh boy, you talk about distractions. All right. Well, either way, we're glad you woke up, you found this big dog, and if it's only a half an hour, we'll take what we can get. We're going to jump to baseball here. I've already kind of gone over the NBA Finals, NHL playoffs a little bit. Maybe we'll revisit, but I want to get to some baseball action. Uh, The Chicago Cup, you didn't get to see him last night, big dog. You'd be proud of your kids. 
How about the relief core? You know, I, I got done with the games, start reading on the on the internet. That Randy Wells gives up what three earned runs in the first two or third innings. Yep. The, the relief core, the rest of the way, shut him down. Eight and two thirds. Rain delay came, and they didn't want to bring Wells back after the rain delay. Rodrigo Lopez, James Russell. John Graybow and then uh, Marshall was unbelievable. Sean Marshall, too. Outstanding in it. His curveball, big dog. His curveball to the left-handed batter would start like two inches outside their butt. On the outside. Like it was, the ball was going to be thrown behind him. And then it would swerve in and end out on the outside corner of the plate. Unhittable. And Carlos Marmol finished it off. Wow. that That is pretty unhittable if it's breaking that much. Yeah. So, you know, people are saying, oh, all we have is Carlos Zambrano that anybody would want. Well, actually, you know, I think people might want Kerry Wood and, and, uh, and, uh, Sean Marshall and Carlos Marmol, but if you're the Cubs, do you really want to give up on Marshall or, or no. Carlos Marmol? No. You know, I mean, there's some guys that I know this season might not be what, what we want, and we want to get prospects and all that other stuff, but. There's a couple guys I don't want to get rid of. It's John Marshall's one of them. Mm-hmm. And the more I watch this Cub team, maybe I'm caught up into it because I watched the uh, last, uh, well, what I thought was going to be, you know, eighth and ninth thing, last two innings turned into the last four innings. But the more I watch them, Big Dung, and we've alluded to it, there's something likable about this year's team. They've taken a lot of abuse. They've been losing. But there's there's a different feeling about this particular team, and I like it. It's a great comeback last night at Philadelphia. Against the Phillies, they score a run in the eighth inning and a couple of doubles, and then Giovanni Soto in the ninth inning ties it up. Big deal. I don't know if you saw Tyler Colvin in the at-bat after that. Hits one out of the park, and it looks like the Cubs are up 4-3. to three. Colvin celebrating and anything, and they went to the replay, and they disallowed the home run. I thought it was a bad call. You didn't catch the replay, did you? No, I did not. Well, what was the circumstances? Well, there's a little railing on the uh, the fence, and, you know, did the fan reach over or not? And they showed the replay 15 times, and, you know, my eyes aren't great. But uh, inconclusive would be the definitive response there. And if it's inconclusive, you're supposed to go with the original call, which was a home run. I thought it was a bad call. But uh, in a play like that, and, and Colvin got stuck on second base. So you thought after that, well, here we go, another tough loss for the Cub. But Marshall shut him down in the ninth. They find a way to win in the 11th on a Placido Polanco uh Error in a game that the Cubs typically lose. They came back and won. It was a big psychological win for our beloved. Yeah, it is. They needed a win like that, especially in a four-game set against the Phillies. And it, like, I mean, they what they've lost eight of the last nine ball games. You don't want to have a tough loss on the road in a first game of a really tough series, mm-hmm. especially when Halliday, Lee, and Oswald are the next three pitchers. pitchers Never heard of the Chicago Cubs. Who? Halliday. Uh-huh. Cliff Lee, not familiar. Oswald, no problem. That's a win. Win. I got the Cubs two out of three minimum. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> three out of four in Philadelphia is definitely a good set. Yeah, that would be, would be pretty good. Ray Holiday, by the way, uh, uh, 0-3. 0-3 lifetime against the Chicago Cubs. And here's another thing. Mark my words, big dog. Obviously, I can't be 100% sure, but, uh, my baseball instinct, tell me, after watching last night's game, Tyler Colvin. Tyler Colvin, out of a slump, he is going to have a great next two-thirds of the Chicago Cubs season. He's going to be a Cub for a long, long time. Last night was the breakout game. Tyler Colvin is back. I, I really hope you're right, Coach, because there's something likable about this game. Yes. Hey, don't forget, he got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a bat-broken half and embedded into his chest last season. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Boy, that was nasty. You know, so... 
um, they had to like break into his chest. You know what I mean? And get stuff out and 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 put them back I, together last year. I, you know what? I don't think I've I've read about it. I don't know that I ever saw. I don't know if I want to see it, but I forgot about that. That is. Uh, for the fans not familiar, it was right near the end of the year, a broken bat, right? While he was coming down the third base line in like a, a bases loaded situation, oh. he was getting a big lead. Uh, I forgot who was batting. I think it was Soto, wasn't it, Coach? I'm pretty sure it was a right-handed batter. Mm-hmm. Guy gets fisted, and the, the bat breaks in half, and as he's coming down the third base line, the flailing bat embeds the broken-off part oh. of Tyler Colvin's chest. And he fell down just like you would assume he would. And they had to, like, rip his chest open, Coach. But not... Take out splinters of wood. But but they did Did they take him to the hospital first? Oh, yeah. So he, he was actually taken off in a stretcher, carried off the field with part of the baseball bat, I believe the correct term is impaled, into yeah. his chest. Yes, Coach. Wow. That's, it's one of the... If you think about baseball injuries... Yep. Uh, obviously, you got the collisions at home, you got collisions at... Second, you got collisions into the wall. That is one you always had in the back of your mind. You know, bats break. What if that actually went into somebody? Well, it actually Oof. happened to Tyler Colvin. Mm. All the, I've never even heard of that happening anytime it was. Actually, I've heard of a, a aluminum bat breaking and embedding in a kid. Oh, pitcher. Wow. Believe it or not, an aluminum bat broke right at the handle. And it, it like it, it actually like took a chunk out of a kid's leg. Uh. It didn't embed in him, though. But it cut like a razor, like right in the kid's thigh. Oh. Other than that, I've never heard of a bat breaking and actually hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, it did to Tyler Colvin. Maybe maybe that's part of the, uh, you know, you talk about Marlon Bird coming back from an eye injury and the whole psychological thing, getting hit in the eye. Maybe that injury affected Tyler Colvin. But uh, it just you just got the feeling that he came out of it last night. Not only, you know, the hits, and he did score the winning run, by the way, after um, – well, the home run turned into a double, but two innings later, he got on base on an error and scored the the winning run. So that was kind of cool. But uh, just just the way he's carrying himself, the big dog, I believe he's ready to come out of it. And that would really be a big boost for our uh, Chicago Cup. And he's got six at-bats this year, Coach, right? Mm-hmm. He's hitting 106. So that's like, what, seven at-bats or hits and like 60 at-bats. It's got to have something to do with the injury. He's too good of a hitter to be that bad for that long. Mm-hmm. And we should mention one other play in a big Cubs uh, comeback victory here, four to three. Again, we jumped over to baseball. Any baseball fans out there you want to check in, Big Dog and the coach at your service? Give us a call. Phone lines are open. 888-463-6748. Maybe you had a bat or some other foreign object impaled into your chest and you want to talk about it. 888. I hope not. 888-463-6748. One other play before we move on from the Cub, Big Dog, in the bottom of the ninth. Shane Victorino on second base, ground ball to Starling Castro deep in the hole. Castro fires to first off target. Pena dives off of first base to the right field side like Tim Thomas, the Boston Bruin goalie, and makes a glove save. If he doesn't, Victorino scores the winning run. So Carlos Pena's defense, a big part of yesterday's victory as well. Uh, And if Starling Castro is over there, you can never take a throw for granted. That's that's just one thing that you yeah. know, you better yeah you better be like Tim Thomas and, and there's going to be days where you don't even worry about staying on the base just make sure you yep. block the ball when he's throwing it yep. over there so that that sounds like a a little thing coach I'm glad you brought it up one of those little things that really helped the Cubs win last night I'm a big fan of sense of adventure big dog and excitement in life but not when it comes to my favorite major league team at shortstop position. I see. 
I'm with you. That's, it's not what you want. You want a sense of comfort when that ball's hit on the ground. White Sox knock off Oakland 9-4. to Big dog, I feel bad because the two of us speculated that the Bob Guerin, the manager of the Oakland A's, might be fired. People say they don't listen to this show. Well, somebody apparently was listening. I, you know, I feel a little bit guilty, but either way, Oakland A's manager Bob Guerin was indeed fired. Bob Melvin, the new coach, but the White Sox are able to beat Oakland 9-4. to That's a nice win for the White Sox. Yeah, you know, yesterday during the show, I was like, I guarantee he won't make it till the weekend. You know, <laughs> he didn't make it to the end of the show. Phone I go upstairs to make myself a sandwich, and they're like, Karen didn't make it. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, the A's, well, we're going to find out if because if the A's don't turn around now, they'll be dead. But you look at that pitch and staff coach, it's dumbfounding that they have lost nine games in a row. I really can't make, imagine that good of a pitching staff losing that many games in a row. Make it ten in a row. Ten. Wow. Socks knock him off nine to four. I think the guy they picked to replace him, Bob Melvin, is the perfect choice. I've always, I know he hasn't had great success in his two previous stops, Arizona, wherever else he was, but he, I like Bob Melvin. A good attitude, players manager, positive guy, sick, a little similar to Chicago Cub Mike Quade. I'm going to predict right now that this managerial change will give the Oakland A's a bump and they're going to be back in the American League West race. As you predicted right from the start. Okay, yeah, I think all four of those teams are pretty decent out there in the American League West. Not great, but pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Adam Dunn, home run. Alex Rios, couple of hits. Big dog. White Sox are only five back. I think it's pretty obvious. If Adam Dunn starts to drive in runs and if Alex Rios starts to hit, White Sox could easily, despite a horrible start, they could find their way into the American League playoffs. Coach, if you think about how they didn't really have a horrible start, think about how they had a horrible start last year and they got themselves back in the race. They just had a bad start this year. You know, if they could be, a, considering how bad Dunn and Rios has been, like you said, and how bad Danks, uh, Danks has, even, has not pitched all that well, they could be a lot worse, I think, right now. So, in some way, the White Sox are sitting pretty. The Indians, every their starting pitching is not going to hold up through the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, I, the, the White Sox are going to be able to get, get those five games back in a hurry on the Indians. I can probably before the All Star break, Coach. All right, you still got the Tigers to deal with as well. But let's do a quick baseball round them up, wrap them up, and then, dog, I'll let you pontificate. I've already uh, put out my thoughts on the NBA Finals, NHL Finals, but I want to get to your thoughts and, of course, the uh, listeners out there as well. We'll revisit Game Five and Game Seven, respectively, NHL and Stanley Cup. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. American League yesterday, dog. Detroit knocked off Seattle seven to. Four Tigers take two out of three. Justin Verlander, early in the season, not so good. Last five or six games, he has been the Verlander of old. Ten strikeouts, one walk, and the Tigers uh, are game back A Cleveland. They're closing fast, big dog. Uh, they're closing really fast, and they've got a, a nice ball club coach, especially if Verlander's throwing like a, a number one ace stud, and they also got the Papa Grande uh, you know, closing games out for him. Jose Valverde was a friend of mine. I got to, that kid's pretty good. Yep, the kid's all right. Got his sixteenth save, I believe, uh, yesterday. Yep. Was, was he their designated closer at the start? Oh, absolutely, coach. Okay. He's, he's one of the better closers in the game of baseball over the last couple of years. The Astros and mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks and the Tigers last year. He's, he's, he can get it done. All right, Minnesota Twins, another team trying to uh, close. They have to do like a last to first charge, but they're showing signs of coming out of it. Six of their last seven, they win in a walk off. 
bottom of the ninth base hit by Alex Casilla. I'm not sure who and or what Alex Casilla is, but he got the big hit, and the Twins beat a very good Texas team 5-4, to four, Big Dog. Yeah, uh, Alexei Casilla, Coach. God bless you. Yeah, no home runs yet or anything like that, but uh, I think he's got like eight RBIs on the season. Now he's got nine. Yeah, so him having a walk-off hit to win a game, pretty unlikely. But he, oh, okay, you're, you're not questioning that he had one. You're saying that it was an unlikely hero. Yes, exactly. Okay. He doesn't get a drive out all of right. runs as well. Sorry about that. I had a slight mind cramp. 888-463-6748. Quick little baseball talk. Baseball round him up and wrap him up with the big dog and a coach. Red Sox and Yankees, I uh, have in my notes, Jabba Chamberlain, torn right, torn ligament in the right elbow. He could be out for the season. Bad news for the Yankees. I don't have in my notes. Who won the game? Yankees won? Boston was up nine to seven when I got home last night because there was a, a long rain delay in that too. Interesting. David Olson, check the uh, wires if you could. Give us a winner. Unprepared, bad host here. Red Sox and Yankees, but uh, we will get a report. We know the Red Sox won the first two games of that series nationally. Big Dog Atlanta, three Florida, two. The Marlins have lost eight in a row. How about Jars Jurgens? Am I pronouncing it correct? Yair Jurgens. I like your pronunciation much better. How do you say 1.64 in uh, in good Yiddish or Swedish or whatever that was? 1.64 ERA. I do believe that he is from uh, Venezuela, coach, and not from uh, Yid. Ah. You, have to, you don't say it. Yeah, I always get uh, the Yiddish mixed up with the Venezuelans. Can, it can happen to anybody, Doc. Where, where, where do they speak <laughs> Yiddish? Where is Yid? Where is Yid? I think it's somewhere between, I'm not sure, but I think it's between um, Syria and Israel. It's a small town. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, goodness. But Yars Jurgen uh, pitched another great game. He's got like a 1.63 ERA in the Atlanta Braves hanging with the Philadelphia Phillies. Meanwhile, the Florida Marlins are uh, heading south rapidly, big dog. Yeah, they looked great early on. And normally the, the Marlins are the team that starts out poorly because they're so young. All of a sudden they learn how to play baseball. And by September, they're, they're that team that you you don't want to play because they're the best team in the game of baseball by the end of the year. They have that opposite this year. They started out great, and they're getting worse and worse as the season goes on. Hmm. Mike Stanton, by the way, uh, their best player hit another home run yesterday for the for the Marlins. Yeah, Josh Johnson's our best pitcher. Yeah, David, you got a Red Sox score? Red Sox completed the sweep. Wow, what score? Uh, final score was Boston 8, New York 3. All right, how about wow. that? There Red was Sox. a long rain delay in the game, and as soon as they came back, mm-hmm. Boston put up seven runs in the seventh. Wow. Wow. God bless you, big dog. Obviously, the sneezing, you're emotionally uh, charged by the thought of the Red Sox sweeping the Yankees so Right now, uh, as expect, took them a while because they had a brutal start to the year, but the Boston Red Sox have flexed their muscles. They are now officially the Arno Schwarzenegger. They are the heavyweight champion. They're the Muhammad Ali of the American League, and that's a long way to go, but they're the team to beat right now after sweeping the New York Yankees. Would you say so, uh, Big Dog? I, I, I thoroughly agree, Coach. Uh, don't forget, Josh Beckett is really yep. pitching really well, Coach. He had another yep. great game last night for the Red Sox. Yep. All right, so Boston knocks off the Yankees. Also, the Cardinals beat Houston 9-2. Ryan Theriot getting his first homer of the year. Lance Berkman, his 
15th. Cardinals continue to play quality baseball. By the way, sneaking up on us is a little hit streak, Big Dog. We like to keep track of these uh, hitting streaks. But Hunter Pence, the Cub killer, the Houston Astros, 20 consecutive games. That's getting up in pretty good high-level territory. Uh, Coach, I have to set him as my automatic default hitter for uh, uh, beat the streak. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but uh, MLB is doing something where if you can uh, go 56 consecutive days mm-hmm. and pick a major league player to get a hit on that day, you'll, oh, excuse me, you'll win $5.6 million. Wow, interesting. So you could pick any hitter you want. Any hitter you want. Each day. That's interesting. I like what a creative contest. Very good concept. 56 days in a row. And if you do, you win $5.6 million. So far, the longest streak this season by uh-huh. any person is 30. Now, I've gotten it up to 18, and I forgot to do the streak, beat the streak the next day. Uh-huh. And you can put a default player in there. I just can't figure out this computer. So I, Hunter, I'm going to figure it out today, and if I don't make a pick, Hunter Pence is just going to end up being the guy that falls into play. Just put him in every each and every day. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. I'm sure ESPN has a, ESPN's running the contest. Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. I'm sure MLB and their fine statisticians and research people have done the research, and obviously the odds of somebody doing that have got to be innumerable, but it doesn't seem that impossible. And $5.6 million is a pretty good good payback, Big Dog, if you can figure a way. Considering if you have a phone, it takes you legitimately less than a minute to make your pick every single day. Mm -hmm. Everybody who's a baseball fan should do it. And it just they they do have to pay out that five point six million dollars to somebody if they if they do get it. Mm-hmm. Coach, the amount of people that are going to their website in order just to that's true beat the streak they yep. can make up in five point six million dollars worth of advertising. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you're right. I wonder. I wonder. They probably they like if it was so impossible they could have made it fifty six million. You know what I mean? If they, they probably figured out, well, I'm going to make it five hundred sixty thousand. No, we could actually make five point six million because mm-hmm. nobody's going to okay. do it. Sure, you got plenty of sports nerds out there studying pitching matchups. You know which hitters have hit well against which pitchers, and you can overthink it a lot. If you're you a real man, big dog, coach, you'd huh? be surprised. Like I look for guys like. CC Sabathia. I just looked like immediately, like if CC Sabathia is pitching, I know one thing. Yeah, he probably is going to win the game, even though he didn't yesterday. He, I know he's going to give up twelve hits. So it, it's funny. It's like sometimes I'll pick guys against better pitchers okay. that you might not think. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So you're kind of going with the inside-out approach. Look at a hitter or a pitcher that's going to get hit. What team are they playing, and then pick a pick a player from that particular team. Yeah, like I would never pick against Carlos Zambrano because Carlos Zambrano doesn't give up hits. He just walks people because he can't get the ball over the plate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. Yeah, I w- I, like if Ichiro was playing Carlos Zambrano, I wouldn't pick Carlos mm-hmm. Ichiro that day. Interesting. If you're a real man, by the way, if yeah. you're a real man out of those 56 games, to really earn the $5.6 million, you got to pick a pitcher one time. No. Come on. One time. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm two games away, and just just for the heck of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. take a picture. Come on, whatever. If, if you really want to accept your 5.6 million. By the way, you mentioned uh, Carlos Zambrano. We forgot to mention Cubs Philadelphia. Got so excited about the win yesterday, 6:05. That a pretty interesting pitching duel, big dog. Carlos Zambrano, the maniac one, going up against Ray Happy Holiday. Uh, that, that's uh, all or kinds of psychological Halliday. avenues in that particular game. Or Roy Halliday, however you want to call him. Yep. I'm sure he doesn't mind, you know, you call him the wrong name. What did I say, Ray? You call him... Uh, Roy. No, you call him Ray. Okay. It's Roy Halliday. All right. 
Sorry about that, Wally. Thanks. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder, Jack. All right. Uh, real quick, Big Dog, because we only got a few minutes left in the show. Uh, we opened up NBA Finals talk, NHL Playoffs talk. So many avenues to go here, but the Mavs did beat the uh, Heat yesterday 3-2. to two. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, your thoughts as they head back to beautiful South Beach. Um, what a great ball game last night for uh, everybody around the United States of America. I mean, he is not a very – I mean, the Heat are not a, a beloved team. And as I go in the Old Town Ale House, I'm like, hey, hey girlie, let's watch the end of this game. Bunch of nondescript guys in there having a nice night. As soon as the game goes back on, they're all screaming, go Mavericks. It's a little strange, Coach. A lot of hate around the world for uh, for, for the Miami Heat. But people are at least happy that they're losing. Mm-hmm. Now that's what happens when you try to stack a team. I'm not saying it's illegal, but uh, you have to expect people are going to root against you. Yeah, and, and, and they're definitely getting that, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, in the Boston-Vancouver series, uh, I mentioned my kind of lead thesis on this one, Big Dog, is there are so many ways this puppy could go and so many little stories within stories that it's uh, becoming a fascinating, I don't know if that's an odd word to use for a seven-game series, but a fascinating series between Vancouver and Boston, and Tim Thomas is right at the top of the fascination. Uh, I, I don't blame you. That guy is without question the reason why that is a 2-2 series. I, I do realize they, they scored eight and four goals in the last two games, so you got to give their offense a little credit. But, my goodness, the guy's been standing on the head the whole entire uh, series. Though. Mm-hmm. And the more you read about his background, which you alluded to the last couple of days on the show and how he barely was drafted, he had to fight his way up to the NHL, was not one of these superstars coming in. What a cool, cool story. On the other side of it, though, Big Dog, again, the psychology of the game, Roberto Luongo. So many ways he could go from here. We thought finally he got the monkey off his back. The comment I made earlier in the show, the monkey is not only back on his back, the monkey weighs like a gorilla. But uh, what, do you, what do you see happening here? Luongo turning around, or you think it's the beginning of the end for Vancouver? Um, I, I don't think uh, – I think Luongo's past the psychological stuff. Vancouver wins game five, coach. This is a seven-game series. It's the, the home teams will win the next two games, and then in game seven we'll throw it out. Mm-hmm. Who knows what will happen then. Okay. But I, I do. you're asking me for a prediction. I say Vancouver answers in, in, in game number uh, in game Boy, five. I, I just said there's a lot of directions this thing could take. One of them is that Vancouver's done. They just look tired. They look beaten up. The Boston Bruins are going to put them away 4-2. to two, And Roberto Luongo is never going to come out of it. The opposite end of it is Vancouver was the better team the first two games. I know they were close, but they clearly look better. They bounce back. Luongo gets the monkey off his back. And, you know, Vancouver finally wins. It'd be their first ever, right, Stanley Cup title? Um, yeah, they've, they've never won it. They, right. What became a team in 1969, and they have never won it, Coach. Mm-hmm. So... You know, a lot of ways this baby could go, and it's going to be, and then the whole fighting, and the chippiness, and the uh, little, you know, the, the hair pull and the tooth biting, the little. Have you seen like watched before the face up, before the puck drop on face offs? I've never seen so many little cheap little shots to the ankle, to the groin, to the thigh, with the sticks, the elbows, and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's been a rough series, coach. Yeah, not not all out brawls, not huge fights, but just general little cheap. Chippiness. I don't know if that will continue, or maybe the teams will focus a little more on playing clean hockey. Uh, that would be nice if they, if they did that. But you know what? This is the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to get chippy, Coach. It always gets chippy. Uh, this isn't the first Stanley Cup Finals with the you know that got chippy, Coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that chippy chippy note, we got to uh, finish up another week of award-winning program. Uh, 
Big Dog oversleeping a little bit and one day losing his phone in the laundry. Tune in next week to find out what happens to the adventures of Joel Radwanski. Whatever happens, though, Big Dog, we love you. Remember that. I appreciate that, Coach. It's good to know. You are... You're a vital part of the show. I always ask each and every Friday, at least the ones I remember, for the females out there. He's young, he's single, he's good-looking. Well, two out of three isn't bad. Where might the females find you this particular weekend in the city of Chicago? Well, this week I'm going to be really, really busy, Coach, but I think I'm going to start stalking (laughs) Ann Curry. That's my new thing. Stalking Ann Curry? Yeah. Okay, so if a female wants to stalk you, they can be like stalking the stalker. Find Ann Curry. I'll be be very close behind. Okay. I, on the other hand, will be cuddled up to a picture of Tim Thomas of the Boston Bruins. Not bad, Coach. Not bad. <laughs> Have a good weekend, Big Dog. Later. All right. David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. Great job, as always. We'll do it again starting next week, Monday at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend for Two Guys at a Mic and the TalkZone.com. We are out of here.